You're listening to Inch by Inch, the ultimate home comfort show, live on AM980 and online at am980.ca. Got a question about plumbing, heating, or air conditioning? Call now, 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. Now, here's your host, Peter Inch. Good morning. I'm Peter Inch, host of the Inch by Inch, the ultimate home comfort show, and general manager of Roy Inch & Sons Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing a service experts company, and a three-time winner of the Consumer's Choice Award, the London Free Press Best of London, and the London Community News Reader's Choice Award. We hope you'll be able to listen to us every Saturday morning from 9 to 9.30 as we provide you information on your heating, air conditioning, and plumbing, how it works, some energy-saving tips, and even some things that we think you'll find interesting uh, in your life. But most important, the phone lines are open, so you can call in, ask any question related to heating, cooling, and plumbing in your home or business. Locally, you can call at 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255, or you can send an email to inchbyinch at serviceexperts.com. And one lucky caller today will win a free air conditioning tune-up. So don't wait. Give us a call. Now, even today, we're going to talk something a little different than plumbing and heating. But if you have a question why we're, we're talking about our other topic, by all means, email it in or give us a call. But I have a special guest with us today, Lorraine Fisher from First Day Junction. How are you today, Lorraine? Good, thanks. Uh, we, I, uh, Lorraine and I know each other when we have lunch every Thursday in a, uh, London executive association that we belong to, but we were talking at the elevator after we were leaving and I invited her in because I think it's very important first aid. Uh, it can save somebody's life. It can also, uh, you know, allow you to treat something properly. So We're going to ask uh, Lorraine a bunch of questions today that hopefully will be interesting to you, our listeners. But uh, first of all, what does First Aid Junction do? Um, Basically, we go into uh, any location and uh, teach first aid, CPR, first responder. Um, We even teach people to teach these courses, which is pretty cool. Um, It doesn't matter whether it's a home or an office or a warehouse or a factory. Um, If you've got people that need to be trained, uh, you hire us and we come in and bring all the equipment and supplies and offer the training. Now, I know you've done training for us, and, and we had, we've taken it from a couple places, but the one thing I noticed from our guys was every time I'd say, okay, we've got to take first aid training, I'd hear a moan. <laughs> yes. This time, when they came out of the first aid training, everybody was excited, happy, this was great. How do you do that? Right. Well, if we can keep people engaged, um, they're more likely to retain the information and more likely to be act in a real emergency um, so we do that with activities, games, stories. Um, I really try to let the participants do um, as much of the talking as I do. You'll learn more from the person in the class that told you about their neighbor that lost their finger than because I told you to check for circulation. Yeah, and I mean, you use some videos. I remember the one on the beach yeah. where the uh, you know it, it showed these people who we thought were trained that really didn't take the action they should have yeah. versus then showing us one where they did take the action. Right. 
and it was neat. And I don't know what the game was, but it was the board. Jeopardy. Jeopardy, and I yes. lost that, but it's under dispute. <laughs> I think, uh, really, I won that. But uh, Yeah, Jeopardy's a great uh, review game I like to do at the end of the class to uh, make sure everybody understood the uh, the concepts. And it, and and you really do a great job because it does. It, it brings it all back. And, I mean, again, it's been two years since mm-hmm. I was in the Jeopardy class, <laughs> and I still remember that. Good. Now, how long have you been doing this? Uh, about nine years, actually. And uh, what made you decide I'm going to open up First Aid Junction? Well, I really like being in a, in a training environment, and I find the human body fascinating. We're both incredibly fragile and very resilient all at the same time. And some pretty simple things like a piece of plastic can actually save your life if, uh, if you know what you're doing. So again, if you're up, you know, you can give us a call, 643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255, or you can send an email to inchbyinch at serviceexperts.com. And whether it's a heating, air conditioning, plumbing question, or even first aid today, (laughs) we have an expert in here that can can help you with that. And I've got one question. I was cutting the lawn last night. Mm-hmm. And a bee was flying around me, yes. and my first thought was, if I get stung by this bee, what do I do? Perfect. Well, if it's a severe anaphylactic reaction, obviously the answer would be very different. But if it's just a person who's been stung by a bee cutting the lawn, the thing you need to be careful of is not squeezing the top of the stinger. Sometimes the venom sac is still there, and if you squeeze it, it puts more venom into your arm, and it makes it more painful. So you can use a credit card or a fingernail and scrape it away from the base, and then a cool cloth usually makes it feel better. And then do you Band-Aid or do you just leave it open to the air? You usually just leave it open to the air. It's a very small wound. The pain mostly comes from the venom, actually. And then um, now is once you get that stinger out and, and you said you put a cool cloth, should you wash it with soap and water or anything? Or eh, It is an open wound, so it wouldn't hurt. But as a general rule, a little cool cloth fixes it up. Now, why should everybody have first aid? You know, what's what's the main reasoning that we should all take a course? Well, in the workplace, so that you meet your re- legal requirements. But uh, at home, it's more because if you've talked about it and planned for it in a calm, safe environment, when a real emergency happens, you're much more likely to act appropriately instead of panic. Because as a general rule, in an emergency, panic is what comes first, right? But uh, if you've taken a first aid class, it increases your chances of um, being able to help the person instead of just standing there in shock. And you had mentioned that, or I'd seen you'd put that down, that it makes you more confident to mm-hmm. react. Yes. You're not, you maybe don't have all the answers, but you can go back in your memory and remember some That's of right. it. That's right. It's just instinct. Your your brain goes back to that, that class, the training, the discussion, and uh, your confidence kicks in and you're able to help. Um, now, you deliver this, you know, all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you can explain what you did for us and then what you're also doing in a couple of locations that people can attend. Sure. Well, I offer private classes always um, where I can come to your location. I do need a space for the um, the CPR portion, right, plus a, a space for the, C- the book work. Um, but the other thing I'm offering is uh, public classes. So twice a month, once on the weekday and once on the weekend, um, where I'm offering courses to the general public or to companies that don't have the minimum number of people to come together at one time. Um, so right now they're at the Station Park All Suites Hotel and uh, the Better Business Bureau office downtown. Um, and there's a, a third location in the works, but it's still uh, still being organized. And uh, now what's the minimum number that you need to have a private class? or? Um, it depends on the course, but for the basic standard first aid, it's eight. Okay. Okay. Well, we have uh, Frank on the line and he has a question for Lorraine. Okay. Go ahead, Frank. 
Oh, hi. Um, we do hiking uh, once a year, and a couple of years ago, we were in, in an area that were, there was, tended to be a lot of uh, ticks. Mm-hmm. What's your suggestion on removing ticks? Because you see different methods posted online that makes me wonder which that, is the right method. That's actually a really good question because there's multiple methods that work, but only one right one. Ah, thank you, a wise one. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're removing a tick, it's important to get as close to the head as possible with tweezers, preferably not pliers because then you squeeze the belly and you don't want that. And then to pull it straight back, um, anything you do that twists it, um, you're taking the chance of leaving the head behind and increasing your chance of infection. So just tweezers. The other thing you might hear is to put oil or to burn them um, and they will back out. And that is true. They will. Anything that has an exoskeleton, right? So if it goes crunch when you step on it, it breathes through a shell. And if you put oil or something on it, it can't breathe, so it panics, it backs out. But before it does, it spews under your skin and increases your chances of Lyme disease. Because uh, one post that I saw, it had uh, using a cotton batten with uh, soap Mm -hmm. and then dabbing that on the tick, and then it's easy to remove it. It will remove itself if you do that, 100%. But the problem is before it removes itself, it will actually put this, um, I'm not sure what to call it, but I call it spewing it under the skin, and it increases your chance of Lyme disease. So you want to use the tweezers and get it out as soon as possible. Exactly. And then watch for a rash to appear, right? If you see a rash that looks like a bullseye, so it's white in the center and red around the outside, um, you want to get checked out for Lyme disease. And so what's the, the procedure for that? Just go to Merge or what? Um, or a walk-in clinic. Uh, actually, if you have the tick, you can take it to the health unit on uh, King Street in London, and mm-hmm. they will test it for free and call you in 24 hours until you've had Lyme disease. Okay, okay. Well, okay, thank you. Okay. No problem. Thank you very Bye. much, Frank. Bye. So you're the wise one now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, Someone needs to tell my husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we're just going to take a break here, but if you have a question concerning plumbing, heating, air conditioning, or first aid today, you can give us a call at 643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. You're listening to Inch by Inch, the ultimate home comfort show, live on AM980 and online at am980.ca. Got a question about plumbing, heating, or air conditioning? Call now, 519-643-2222 or 1-866-354-8255. Now, once again, here's your host, Peter Inch. Well, welcome back. I should have mentioned Dan isn't with us here today because he's at his daughter's graduation. who's graduating uh, from Teachers College, so he's uh, down with his family spending some time there. So we have Lorraine Fisher from First Day Junction with us. Um, talking about a few things. And we were just talking in the break there about the difference of your course and other people's course. And and I kind of said that goes kind of like us. Mm-hmm. So people say to me, why is your maintenance more money than the other person? Why do you spend more time doing it? And you mentioned it's the same thing in first aid courses. It is for sure. The, um, the There are standards that dictate how much time we should spend on each course, right? And uh, WSIB sets those standards. So whether it's Red Cross, St. John's, it doesn't matter. We all have to cover the same material, and we should all have our courses lasting the same amount of time. Um, there are people that request a shorter time. Can't you just come and tell us in two hours and yeah. give us our card and be on your way? Um, the answer to that is always no. Um, it's not just about getting that piece of paper. It's about um, truly having the skills and the confidence to be able to act. People have the perception that uh, they're going to do first aid on a stranger, but in reality, it's more often a loved one. 
Yeah, and that, and that is, you know, that's what I always worry about. You mm-hmm. know, what happens if, you know, you're at Thanksgiving or or right. Christmas and something goes wrong, will I be able to react and, that's right. and, and, and do it? And I mean, it's funny now when I hear somebody cough, mm-hmm. you're in a restaurant and you turn, yes. you know, are, are they choking or, and, yeah. and before I'd say, I don't want to look because I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Where now after going through first aid training a couple times now, I'm starting to feel more confident that maybe I could help if that did happen. Right. And that's the key, right? To be able to act in an emergency. That piece of paper is great for the workforce, but it's uh what you really need to know um, is the skills. Now you've been uh, you give back to the community a little bit. Mm-hmm. You've been uh, doing some training for babies. Maybe you can yeah. explain how you what you've been doing there. Well, there's some stuff that I do that I don't necessarily charge for. Um, right now, I've been working at, with Babies R Us just once a month for an hour, and uh, expectant parent come in and we uh, we practice what to do if a baby's choking. I bring the mannequins. Um, everybody gets a mannequin. They leave with a free little gift. Yeah. It's just basically to give them the confidence. If something happens, if the baby chokes or stops breathing, that they know what to do. And I mean that that you know that's what I look for in companies. I mean mm-hmm. we all we all have to do our work and and make money and be profitable mm-hmm. so that we'll be here ten and fifteen yes. years from now. But when we see something like that that you're doing with babies or us to just help expected mothers mm-hmm. if if their baby was choking, just to feel more comfortable, right. and you give your time free. I mean that. That's amazing to me, and we thank you, and the community Good. thanks you for what you do there. It's because, a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, it, it, and I mean, that's the thing. You start to do it as a need, yes. and next thing you know, it turns into something that you love mm-hmm. and everybody enjoys. So I just wanted to make sure the community out there knew it. And if you ever have to get a hold of First Aid Junction or Lorraine when we're out, when she's not on the air with us, you can give her a call at 519 Three three. So uh, it, she is available uh, to book courses or so forth. Again, you know our requirements require that all my employees have to be trained because we have individual technicians in trucks, mm-hmm. and they go to your home to do work, and they consider that a workplace. So I have to have everyone trained. And even if I didn't, I would probably train everybody just so mm-hmm. that maybe it would save a family member or or somebody if they happen to run across it. Um, now, when you're talking about training, and you're and there's a couple different, right? Mm-hmm. There's uh, CPR, and maybe you can explain what the difference of the trainings are. Sure, um, CPR and AED are included in all courses. No matter what course you take, now you're going to get CPR and AED. <clears throat> a lot of workplaces only require level A, which simply means adults only for uh, CPR and choking. Um, I don't actually ever teach level A, because I think we should always include babies and children. I don't charge extra for it. It just, it is what it is. Um, But babies and children, adults, CPR. So if you just need that portion, it's only a four to six hour course. Um, If you're looking for just the emergency stuff, so uh, asthma, hyperventilation, um, heart attack, stroke, deadly bleeding, we can just do a one day emergency first aid. And that is uh, seven to eight hours. And then the full standard first aid, which is what most workplaces with more than five employees require. And that is uh, all of what I've already said, plus head and spine, bone, muscle, and joints, um, environmental emergencies, all that kind of fun stuff. Now, the, um, we've, we've, been, we've seen that they've just come out with uh, that everybody has to have a CO detector mm-hmm. in their homes outside the sleeping area. It's law now. You must have one outside every sleeping area. Right. 
what uh, if someone feels they may be be overcome with CO? What what should they be doing, or or what's the first act they should do? Nine one one. It's always better to call nine one one and have them say, "Nope, it's not CO," than to think, "Well, I'm fine. Maybe we should just wait another day or so." Um, so if you're feeling sick, your your whole family suddenly getting nauseous, you're fatigued, the skin sometimes goes a little bit pink. Um, if you don't have a CO detector, go buy one. Um, if it goes off, call 911 immediately. Yeah, and it, it it's, is definitely something that, you know, we've been pushing and now it's a law. But unfortunately, there was a family there in Woodstock that passed away due to mm-hmm. CO that, that, that created this law. But everybody should have one. I right. mean, it, if you have any uh, uh, fuel burning appliance, so that can be a gas range, gas dryer, furnace, water heater that's Even a gas. Wood, wood burning, right? Yeah, wood burning fireplace or, or a mm-hmm. gas uh, fireplace, any of that, you require a CO detector in your home. Right. According to the Ontario Association of Fire Chiefs, 11 people on average die every single year in Ontario from CO poisoning. Yeah. It's and, just needless. And it, and it is. And I mean, maintenance, uh, getting that done where we can check this out. We mm-hmm. take a reading in a home every maintenance we do just to make sure that it's safe when we leave that home. So it's, it's something we definitely want. Now, we've been getting a few calls uh, this last week concerning uh, air conditioners freezing up. Um, so we had a uh, uh, Susie send in an email that said, you know, how can I prevent my air conditioner from freezing up? And there's really three things that will cause an air conditioner to freeze up. Number one is too cold outside. Mm-hmm. So if it's minus five or minus six outside and you're trying to run it, it could freeze up. Second thing is, is a plug filter. So if your filter in your furnace hasn't been cleaned, replaced, that's the first thing to go down and take a look at. Now, let's say your unit iced up. You went down, looked at the filter, and it was plugged. Unfortunately, you got to turn the air conditioner off for 24 hours. Let all the ice melt. Then turn it back on. If you just put in a new filter and turn it back on and it hasn't cleared the ice, it will ice up again. And then the third cause, which is unfortunately the most expensive cause, is it has developed a Freon leak. Um, And we hear a lot of people asking us, can you top a unit up? Can you just add a little Freon in there to get it by? And unfortunately, the laws out there state that should we find a leak, we must repair the leak before we recharge it. So if we go out there and your filter's clean and it's 90 degrees and the air conditioner's icing up, then you probably have a Freon leak. We have to do what's called a leak search to find the leak and then give you a price to repair it. So um, those are the three things that that we see most about uh, air conditioners icing up. If you haven't had a tune-up, by all means, you know, get that booked. Remember Tune-Up Tuesday Day, we uh, give an extra $10.00. Off So instead of getting $50, you'll get $60 off on a furnace and air tune-up done at the same time. So if you haven't had that furnace checked, we can go out and do that, check for CO. We also can check in on the air conditioner to to get it tuned up so that they're both ready and all set to go. So I want to thank uh, Lorraine for coming in today and uh, giving us a little information. Again, if you'd like to get a hold of Lorraine, you can call First Aid Junction at 519-681-9333 and set up some training or find out when her courses are. Now, do you have a website? I do, yep. And what would that address? Firstaidtrainingjunction.ca. And you have your courses on there that people mm-hmm. can go and look at. So 
if you, if you haven't had it, I'd highly recommend to get that. It's something that I believe everybody should have. If you'd like to reach me or Dan when we're not on the radio, you can reach us by calling in London and St. Thomas at 519-681-2450, in Sarnia at 519-786-2373, or always at 1-866-EXPERTS or online at RoyInch.com. You can listen to our podcast of the show at RoyInch.com by hitting the Inch by Inch button on the right-hand side of the homepage and listen to this show or any of our previous shows. As we say at the shop, life is hard, by the yard, buy from inch, life's a cinch. We'll see you next week.